passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, Welcome. Second half of the show is live, and uh, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but uh, it's been a pretty entertaining couple of hours, so we'll detail that more in a few minutes. Rusty is our first caller of the third hour. Hello, Rusty. Hello, Paul. First-time caller. It's Wonderful. Thank you. With you. I, I was I was trying to call you yesterday. I was on hold for two hours. My buddy, he had me called WTUK1051. And those guys counsel me a little bit. But okay. Well, we're, we're, we're here to help. Kentucky basketball and football. I think I'll start with the basketball first. I mean, I think Calipari, this team is the most exciting team we've had in a few years. And I think it's Elite Eight or pay Calipari – it's a lead eight or bust for Cal Perry, in my opinion. I think he needs to quit switching his uh, lineups around so much. I think he needs to start Reed, uh, Reed, Shepard, Dillingham, Sierra, and Oklahoma, and and uh, sub with Mitchell, Wagner, and Edwards. Okay. And I think Shepard, there, I think that boy can play a whole game without drinking water. So you ain't going to have to sub for him. Okay. So I, I think Kyle, he should have two or three more championships at Kentucky. And I think the reason he doesn't is because he's selling these players to the NBA. He's He's got better players that's ready now on the bench get these lottery guys out. I mean, these guys are going to be better later on in the, down the road in the NBA, but right now we want championships. Uh, you, you agree with me on this? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, listen, uh, let's start with the most obvious 2015. That was uh, that was coaching malpractice to lose to Wisconsin and not, well, not win that title. There's a couple of other years uh, – I can't remember the year he lost to uh, North Carolina in the Elite Eight. That was a team that could have won. Uh, there's another. Co- there's two or three other teams that probably could have won. Yes, sir. And, and and this year he's switching that lineup around so much. I I just think they can't. You know, they just can't get it going. I think people just play those players I I name and then just use the other ones as subs. I think we might go far. Yeah, you but know, there's, I'm, a couple, I'm there's things about Cal that you have to like, but I mean, I really, uh, I don't know, uh, this is minor, not talking about, I really didn't like what he said the other night after, he's got the biggest win of the year, celebrate the win. He immediately starts off on the defensive. You know, I mean, he's not, he's in Auburn, Alabama, and he's lecturing the media there about, you know, don't blame these kids. You just won the biggest game of the year. Uh, but, but Cal can't get out of his own way. Yes, sir. That's exactly. I, I say it's a lead eight or bust for him this year. I mean, we give him chance after chance, and he's always doing his selling. He's play. He's got a player. He's got a couple players on there this year. He's you know what? You know what surprised me though, Rusty. And, and I'm not an expert on Kentucky, but I was up there twice this year in a fairly short period of time. So you talk to people. Uh, you go out. You go to restaurants. You hear, and 
I, everyone appreciates what he's done. I don't need to say that a thousand times. But there is a there is a tune out uh, to Cal, and that could be because he's been there so long, or the fact that he just is over the top. Uh, but but I, I felt a disconnect uh, being up there a couple of times this year. Well, yes, sir, I agree a hundred percent. That's that's why I say this year he needs to. You know, we need to get what we're paying for. You know, he needs to put product. I mean, you have to ask him. the question, Rusty. Uh, you know, how would what would Nate Oates do with that talent? What would uh, Eric Musselman do? With that talent, and I could I could give you five or six other coaches, but those guys are proven uh, proven coaches in the NCAA. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate it. Let's uh, move along. Logan is up next. Hey, Paul, awesome show today, man. Uh, I can't believe that guy had the opportunity to interview Jim, and he blew it, man. He he should have cross-examined him like a district attorney. Should have asked him all those questions. I would have uh, I would have a million questions for Jim. I would have been a a great interviewer. Well, actually, I think. I, you know what happened in that? I mean, I I was trying to help the young man. I gave him an opportunity uh, to interview me. He obviously did not want to. He didn't think that would help him. Right. Um, so I, I I just I looked down and there was Jim, and I'm thinking you're about to interview the most famous caller in the show's history, and man. I felt like I, I he wasn't ready for, it, but you. you you're never ready in this industry. So uh, he, I did think his take on UConn basketball, though, was very well thought out. It was pretty good. I mean, it, it sounded like, uh, it kind of sounded like a uh, second-tier sports show, but it wasn't yeah, that no, bad. I got a, I that, uh, you know, he's had a couple of offers coming in from the ACC network. Exactly. I think he would, he would fit right in there with old Packer and Packy, whatever yeah, his name is. Pac-Man. He could get right on that show. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it's a great show. I just can't believe, like, I was like, man, the opportunity to interview Jim. I mean, you know what it reminds God, you I of? I mean, we've all been there, Logan. We've all had that moment in time when we had the chance and we didn't take it. It could have been uh, personal, you know, maybe back in the day. Uh, it could have been a job opportunity. It could have been a relationship. Yeah. I mean, you ever thought about that, Randy? The one that you, uh, you know, professionally, I, I, I feel like there's always that moment when maybe you should have gone up to the boss. Maybe you should have walked up to the head of the company. Maybe you yeah. should have asked for more. And, and he'll learn. He's a young kid. He's in college. And he will not forget today because we have because we'll no, be replaying won't. that a I thousand mean, you times. Him, you gave him some great experience, Paul. I mean, he, he'll never get that. You, you can't get that kind of experience anywhere in college that happened I mean, to me my first right uh, i had only been at espn a couple of weeks and i was up at uh, espn headquarters during uh, we had all the sec coaches up there and i, I, I was interviewing les miles uh and oh wow there's something about being in the same room with les miles that you do forget where you are because you can't stop laughing oh, yeah I can laugh. uh, and <laughs> i interviewed i asked him a couple of questions and we were taping it wasn't live and i finally just said okay we're done because it was not interesting and my one of my bosses told me he said you should have asked him more questions. I'm like, okay, well, but it, it was always a good lesson. There's no there's no such thing as a bad question, even to a uh, a cartoon character like Les Miles. Well, I think you you have a good read on that, Paul. I mean, you remember when he was on? Wasn't he on TV for a while? I mean, who the Les, hell? Yeah, he did. That uh, guy he did try TV. TV. I mean, he was the most boring. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that guy was. 
I mean, I don't know who hired that guy. That was that was a joke. But I always that believe in. Be- uh, I mean, you you also just sometimes it's instinct when when you're talking to somebody. Uh, I mean, we've had some very famous people on this show before, and you just know that they're not interested in talking to you, and you just you finally just wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about the that interview with uh, Tex the other day? That was pretty now, interesting. Yeah, if you missed it yesterday, <laughs> we got a call some, uh, from Randall Tex Cobb. Now, if you're under if you're under a certain age, you probably have no earthly idea who this guy was. In the 1980s, uh, he fought for the heavyweight championship of the world, which doesn't sound like much anymore, but at the time it was a big deal. He called to complain about the way he was treated at a gym. He said he got he got his jaw broken. I I mean, as he's talking, I'm like going, why are you at Joe Frazier's gym? And it turned out he was calling us. He, this guy uh, was a very well-known boxer. Then he later became uh, an actor. That was fascinating. And I mean, he he really skirted the line of what you guys could. I could tell you. Yeah, no, he was uh, uh, he the, was willing to go. Uh, he was about to go scorched earth on uh, the border crisis. Yeah, and, uh, I think so. I feel like I, we have I, enough I people that. commenting he, on that every day, especially in Texas with Governor Abbott. Right. Well, you you did the great job. You held him back, but he was. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was about to go scorched earth there for a second, and. Uh, that was amazing. But I, I just want to say, I want to uh, come to the defense of Susie. Um, I think she had some great points yesterday. She, You know, she's just trying to give the kids some good advice. I mean, I don't think she was trying to be critical. or. or no, I, I thought Susie came kids. from, a, from um, I mean, her heart was in the right place. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it because she criticized a young, a young guy. Let's, uh, what am I doing here? Tommy is up next. Tommy, can you hear me? Uh, sure, Paul. I've been hearing you for the last two and a half hours now, or two hours and 14 minutes. You know, I just... Well, thanks for I, being patient. i ready to hang up. Well, I, I, I figured y'all must not want to talk sports, and then after... We, we do now. Thing, I realize y'all don't want to talk sports. <laughs> so, I, I'll just make a few statements, you know. Okay. But, yeah. Take your time. Jim... Yeah, certainly. Jim, he's a jackass. Okay. The boy from Colorado, Bash, <laughs> he's a dumbass. Now, now help me and with something, Darren, Tommy. You you said you're in Pennsylvania. I was. I, I, I yeah, I'm still in Pennsylvania. Well, help me, help, help me with this, Randy. Like do you I'm agree with me? I need to know. I I am. I'm. Uh, you know, I used to be a writer. And as a writer, you're always trying to come up with different ways to describe something. So I'm, I mean, I'm reading a book, I'm reading an article, and, I'm, and I don't know the word, so I'm always looking it up. I need to know this, Tommy. The difference between a dumbass and a jackass. Well, a jackass is, is easy. You know, he runs around all the time kicking around and talking trash that he doesn't know a damn thing he's talking about usually, and a dumbass just doesn't know anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad we had this chance to talk because uh, well, uh, I think a dumbass sounds like a much more severe criticism. Well, it... it, it so wouldn't it, you more likely say that, that, 
that, that guy's a jackass, and then you would go, he's just a dumbass. He's just a <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, well, that's the ultimate put-down. Uh, well, you know, Bash, he's always coming in with something. I don't know what, it, what his point is. I'm thinking about Bash. It, it, it rhymes with yeah. the other two words, in case you're doing a song. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could throw Daryl in there and just call him a kiss-ass, Yeah. After okay. his little talk today. We got all, okay, we got three definitions of that word. <laughs> Are there any other ones? Uh, kiss. I guess we got I'll kiss, dumb, and jack. Up, you know? <laughs> smart. I, as long as I'm now, now, by the way, being, know, I, being a smart ass is not that much of a... That's, I mean, I've been called that all my life. Well, you have been most of your life. <laughs> I've been listening to you since you was at the little radio station up on top of the hill that... Yeah. Didn't have enough airways to make it cross the interstate before it fell on the ground. Right. So, now, yeah. uh, now the word hard, uh, that, that's, that's more of a compliment, isn't it? He's just a, my boss, he's just a, yeah. <laughs> well. What else, what else we got here? As, long, as we're doing the, uh, the punk, yeah, a Webster's Dictionary of, uh, of, of, a sim <laughs> of a simple word. It's in the Bible, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I know. You you can you can find a lot to put on it. You know, when I try to go further than that, my wife's a school teacher. Yeah. Like Miss Susie, I just ask her. So what you know? uh, what did your what what does your wife teach? She teaches uh, uh, handicapped children, which you can't say that anymore. I, thought, no. I forget what the word is. Special now. needs. Special needs. Special needs. Yeah. Yeah, we got special all those needs, words down here. Yeah, got them all written down. Yeah, they, they've been called a lot of things through my life. Well, does she teach this general? Or is she a gym. elementary? Uh, well, she started about elementary level in yeah. fourth and fifth grades, and she finished in high school, mm -hmm. which has gotten ridiculous after the what, the Obamas or whoever? No, it was Bush, and no child left behind. Oh, yeah. They get was the, that Obama, no child yeah, left behind, or Bush? No, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was Bush, a W, wasn't I, I, it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, you know, they, now, so they're just hopped up babysitters till they well, 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 President Bush felt like he, he didn't want anybody to have to deal with the same issues that he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had, I, I'm sure he had so many, the family he come from. Yeah, he's a funny guy, according to some of my friends who used to work for him. Oh, uh, well, he, he may have been. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've, I, I've had various friends in Washington, but he, he is like the one guy that everybody comes out and says, man, he was so much fun talking about baseball. <laughs> not, about, <laughs> not about Iraq or Afghanistan, yeah. but about baseball. The baseball. He was he, yeah, he was he, so much fun when we uh, we we watched the Rangers game together. Hey, listen, I hate to run here, uh, Tommy. Appreciate the call. I'm glad you could hear us. Now, can, I hope you could see us. We will be right back. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. 
Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. We are back here as we work our way through a Tuesday afternoon. What an afternoon this has been. Uh, thank you for all, for all for being here. And Elliot is in Ohio, and you're next up. Paul, I wanted to bring this back to the CFP playoffs. That's the big news this week, right? Yes, sir. And how does, how does the Pac-2 get into this <laughs> playoff? They're playing the Mountain West. It's kind of like, like I-Man is the Mountain West of the SEC. It's just this lower-rated team that he roots for that plays all, you know, all these teams in the SEC just to give them somebody to play. Well, it is, it is absurd, but I'm, I'm not sure. Now, they have to, now I am confused on, on, the, on that question. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, so it, we're talking about the Power Five now, and they're not really in the Power Five. So if they, it, what is the requirement? Is, there any, is, it, is, the, is the Mountain West now going to qualify or not? Somebody help me with that. Exactly. Like, if they beat the crap out of out of uh, Oklahoma State and Washington State, do they get in the playoff? I don't. I, I, don't I, I don't know that answer, but I'm about to find out because I, I, that is absurd if it's true. But it, it's also uh, I, I know that they're going to share in the revenues. I, th- I think that's as far as it goes. I mean, if 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 the winner of the Mountain West is not uh, ranked in the significantly ranked, and then I, I don't think they're going to get in. There's no, by the way, there's no way they will be. Like, do you agree that Iman's like the Mountain West of the uh, yeah. of the Paul Feinbaum callers? Like, I mean, he, the big the big thing you're going to hear about uh, tomorrow, today, and tomorrow is is Notre Dame getting screwed? Uh, if Notre Dame is 12 and 0, and because they don't play in a conference championship game, I don't really care. Uh, to me, they've had every opportunity to get get into a league, and they refuse to do it. So they're going to have to sit it out. Yeah, I'm not so sure I liked their decision yesterday. Uh, they needed to rethink that a little bit. Well, but, like they but made what they had to remember, this is for two years. They had to, uh, I'm not defending uh, them to, to the degree that, that I think it's great either, but they had to come up, they had to get a plan. I mean, it, it's, it's February already. Right, right, right. Bringing it back to sports, Paul. Just bringing okay. it back to sports. I'm glad you. you did. That was a very, very good, very good call there. Made made so much sense. Let's stay in Ohio. Okay. Columbus, Toledo. Jay Bear is up next.
Hey, Paul, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I just have a couple things. Number one, on uh, John Calipari, he needs to go. He's, we've had the most embarrassing losses under him. And in my opinion, his X and O's are not that good. Now, he's a, he's a hell of a recruiter. Yeah, he is. But he, he, you know what I mean? But he's, his X and O's just don't get it. Well, uh, you know, I think two, you're right about that. I mean, he, he has been outcoached by too many people. Um, and ultimately, it's a different game now. And, you know, the one and done is uh, the team. You know, you, I mean, just look at last year. Uh, yeah. You, you, had, you, you had real teams competing in the Final Four, not one and doneers. Right. You I, know, mean, no, I mean, has anybody ever had two better uh, players uh, on their starting lineup uh, maybe maybe somebody has, but then, then Duke did a couple of years ago with, with Zion Williamson, uh, and and they couldn't get out. They couldn't get to the Final Four. Yeah, no, but I mean with Kyle Perry, I just his ex knows he just don't seem to go, and he don't seem to how to uh, make changes during the game and stuff. That, you know, when things are going bad for his team or whatever. He so doesn't. He's, he he's not adaptable, and that's what uh, college basketball. Yeah, recruiting is great, but uh, if you're in the NCAA tournament and you're down by three, you've got to you got to make adjustments, and, and I think that's where where John is is failing. Yeah, I, I do too. That's why I think he needs to go. And my yeah. other question, yeah. Paul, is uh, they say the top in the CFB, the top Power Five conference winner get. I only come up with four power five. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm working on that, and I, I don't believe. Uh, I'm just going to calm down here before I. I need to get a, a some some clarification before I uh, before I offer an opinion. Uh, Jay Bear, thank you very very much. Uh, really good to hear from you. And uh, John is up next from St. Louis. Hey, Paul. How are you today, sir? John, uh, appreciate your calling. Yeah, Paul, I uh, want to have a uh, serious conversation today just to remind all the fans of the show and uh, that, you know, it still is Black History Month. And when I had a lot of respect in my early years for the Kansas City Chiefs and specifically for some of their their players like Buck Buchanan and Willie Lanier and uh, Bobby Bell, those 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 guys were just super and. You know, there's a, a good story to tell about uh, the Buck, Buck Buchanan, how he came out of Grambling and the Eddie Robinson program. Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell you what, if in, and I, I still have to keep reminding myself when I go back and I look on online about all of the players that came out of Grambling in Southern University and little Bishop College down there in in Texas. It's just amazing about how the NFL filled the ranks and starting really back in, I guess it was the 50s when I started following football. And really the AFL, you know, that, that was, was the thing about the American Football League, Paul, that, you know, they, they were very open to having the African-American players come into the league and they excelled, and that was one of the reasons the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Jets were very, very successful in the late 60s. 
I don't know if you have any opinion about that, but I just want to share that. Yeah, no, John, I don't want to repeat things I've said in the past, but uh, you you may have heard me talk about uh, covering Grambling in my first job and getting to know Eddie Robinson. And it it remains, uh, to this day, one of the most uh, poignant uh, moments of my career being around him and and being able to talk to him on on a regular basis, which I I did and, and continued to much after I... Uh, even after he retired, um, but, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you thing, said that though, because uh, yeah, one more thing I wanted to add though, Paul, that uh, and I, I I have to say that I'm not a hundred percent sure that this has not been done, but I really don't know why the NFL we haven't in the Super Bowl we haven't really recognized Mr. Robinson, and I'm not trying to be you know kind of silly about that but what well, you know i haven't i can't remember if they haven't had some kind of commemoration well, I, I don't know him. but i do know i do know when doug williams uh quarterback the, the redskins yes. uh, there was a lot made uh, out of that because uh, right. doug was one of his one of his most uh successful players he had he had a number of them but i'm glad you brought that up it's always it's always worth talking about it really is paul and uh, seriously good night and good luck thank you john how about that a good John call. It's a it's good John day here on Tuesday. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. How about this game tonight? Tennessee, one of the top teams in America, heads to Columbia, Missouri. We'll have it for you at 7 p.m. So we uh, changed gears here and uh, talked to a good friend of ours who had an announcement, Gene Sapikoff, who had um, been the lead columnist, sports columnist in, in uh, Charleston, announced 38 years he is leaving his position. And we are among those who are sad to hear this news. Happy for Gene and his family, but uh, Gene, thank you for joining us. Uh, I I guess I'm not very smart because I didn't see this coming. Uh, Good afternoon and uh, tell us all about it. Thanks so much, Paul, for all you've done for me over the years and for this ridiculously unnecessary segment. But uh, on your program, but I do have to say, all modesty aside, why why didn't your producer, Danny Bramlett, uh, get 
an oatmeal sponsor for this. I, I really don't know <laughs> what happened there. Uh, I mean, we're putting some of the uh, accolades on the board. Uh, seven, eight-time South Carolina Sports Writer of the Year, three-time Judson Chapman Award winner, and an all-time uh, Hall of Famer on the Feinbaum Show. Gene, I know uh, uh, you've thought about this for a while, but uh, what finally brought you to this Nick Saban-like moment in uh, South Carolina? <laughs> Okay, Paul, so 38 great years at the Charleston Taper, the Post and Courier, from January of 86 to a few weeks ago. And um, I didn't want it to be one of those, sue me if I play too long, the great uh, Steely Dan lyric. Oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, so I spent, uh, I spent all of January doing a service project in Israel. And that also made me really think that I want to do, you know, more stepping up the, the charity stuff and the timing just seemed right. And then this is a really weird thing, Paul, that happened. Uh, so I, while I was in Israel, Shane Beamer at South Carolina hires this guy, Joe D. Camillus, to be a special teams coach. Joe D. Camillus's dad, Tony D. Camillus, was my middle school career development teacher who came up to me and said, I know you have no idea what to do in this class project, but you like sports and you like writing. Why don't you look into being a sports writer? And why don't you call downtown Denver and see if Woody Page will take your call? <laughs> and uh, I, I know Woody's from Memphis and Tennessee like you. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, he did. And uh, here I am on the Paul Feinbaum show. Uh, this is about you, not me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> as a uh, as a young fledgling reporter at the University of Tennessee School paper, uh, the sports information director at the time, Haywood Harris, legendary guy, said to a friend of mine, "This guy Feinbaum, I never thought we would have a worse one than Woody Page at the uh, Daily Beacon." <laughs> But he has oh far God. surpassed Woody among the most disliked person we've ever had to deal with. So that, that was the beginning <laughs> of my career. Woody, you and I have, have, that, have Woody in common. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of that, personally. Yeah, he, he was great to me. He, he would be very patient answering my extremely stupid question. Well, Gene, uh, I mean, a lot, it, well, the good news for you is uh, most, most people in that profession uh, – are usually shown the door because the paper goes under. You were, you were fortunate in that regard. Yeah, no, that's true. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, people that we both know and some really close friends of mine, columnists especially in South Carolina, didn't get this chance to uh, go out on their own. But as far as the Charleston paper goes, you know, it's in really good hands with uh, Jeff Hartzell starring as our sports editor. And Paul, we've got really good beat writers, like award-winning beat writers, David Conagher covering South Carolina and John Blau covering Clemson. So I think our readers are just in really good hands here. I, I mean, I want to I pause here for a second because you mentioned Israel uh, and, I, and I, we, we communicated a couple weeks ago when I read your piece. So I want you to explain, uh, right, right at a time when very few people are just going to Israel for anything other than uh, serious work, uh, tell the audience what you did. Okay, well, um, I'm not Jewish, but I have a lot of Jews in my family. Grew up in a Jewish neighborhood in Denver, Colorado, in which Golda Meir, the future prime minister oh of Israel, actually went to the same high school that I did. Not not at the same time, but, you know, she went to the same high school. Anyway, um, it was amazing, sad, thrilling, and horrible. I served in what's called the SAR-L program, S-A-R-E-L. That means service to Israel in Hebrew, and it's a, as a volunteer 
on four separate IDF uh, army bases over four different weeks all over Israel doing very menial tasks uh, that reservists usually do, um, just fascinating stuff like folding sleeping bags, uh, putting together medical kits, food boxes, and cleaning tank parts, stuff like that. And um, I really went out of my way, Paul, in my off time to spend as many shekels as I could in, like, Arab pockets of Israel that I could go to, uh, because those Arab pockets right now are the hardest hit by a complete lack of tourism in Israel right now. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, Gene, it's, uh, we, we see it every, every, every day on the news, uh, but as a, as a journalist or somebody who thinks like that, what were your impressions from what you saw firsthand? Uh, well, you know, I didn't go to Gaza, but I will say this. Uh, surprisingly to me, I was 10 miles from Gaza. I saw the smoke plumes and the skyline and was woken up at 205 by weird, loud explosions, and the Israeli jets were going over all the time. Very conflicted. And I'll tell you what, the uh, IDF soldiers that are conflicted at times uh, – I was in a desert Bedouin camp uh, to to spend a couple of weeks. That's where they put us. And the combat soldiers would come in and immediately gather in groups of 10 or 12 around a psychologist and kind of go over the events of the day. And Mm. I I wrote about this in the Post and Courier, but it was fascinating to me. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of uh, sympathy for what's going on on the other side there. And um, it's just an interestingly difficult, tragic time in Israel and, of course, in Gaza and in Lebanon. And, Gene, Often, when this country is at war and, and, and those times that it has, it, it usually everybody coalesces around the government, but uh, that is not exactly the case uh, in Israel right now, is it? Uh, well, it's uh, a tough thing. I mean, uh, the, the bring them home now thing, and that's quote-unquote, is just a huge movement to get the hostages. There's tremendous support for the idea uh, throughout Israel, the, the very high percentage uh, over 80, maybe it's over 90. But those two things, you know, IDF and bring them home now are not the same thing. And are, it's, it's as so many things in Israel going back to in that land, going back to David v. Goliath. It's very complicated. Gene, as you uh, walk away from this job you've had for 38 years, uh, what I'm asking for a friend, what goes through your mind? Uh, I, I've been so fortunate to be around Dabo Sweeney, Steve Spurrier, Don Staley, Shane Beamer, uh, Ray Tanner, Lou Holtz, College of Charleston's legendary basketball coach. They had this guy, Paul John Kress, for so oh, long. And wow. You know, I, w- I was just so lucky. But, you know, as a journalist, I really liked the stories of, like, the underdogs. And, and one that just comes to mind now is uh, the late Rebecca Vack. She was the daughter of Charleston Riverdogs. Uh, owner and general manager Mike Beck, and there's a really great Netflix doc about her on right now. And um, just those kind of stories, the underdog stories that people don't didn't know anything about. That, and you're the first person to report on these kind of things. That, that's what I liked inside and outside of college athletics. Uh, the proverbial question that everybody gets, even though it's very prosaic. So, uh, what are you going to do now, Gene? Uh, yeah, well, I've got a couple opportunities that I'm looking at, one in journalism, one outside, another like a book writing project that's, you know, 
sort of in development. So really can't say too much about that. And then, like okay. I said, Paul, I really would like to do some more service projects. Well, there's there's a there's a talk show that needs a good uh, needs a good historian <laughs> to write about in case you ever run out of things. Uh, Jane, <laughs> again, Paul, I, I'm a, I've told you this in person, but thanks for everything you've done for me. You have no idea what it's meant to me and my family. Well, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, even though I don't do what, what you have just stopped doing, uh, I respect immensely uh, the work of you, and especially uh, you know, your newspaper that, uh, or whatever they call these things nowadays, uh, the fact that uh, you've been able to do it uh, with such distinction for so long. Uh, you are really a credit to uh, that profession, which unfortunately uh, is often, if not always, uh, vilified. So thank you, Gene, uh, for all of, from all of us here for uh, being a friend, and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Thanks so much, Paul. Gene Sabakoff, uh, 38 years uh, as a sports uh, writer and uh, most recently a sports columnist in Charleston. We take a short break, and we are back after this. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Yes, we have... uh Quite an evening scheduled on Thursday. Number one team in the country, Alabama heads to South Carolina, and then Auburn goes down to play the defending national champs. And we continue right now and uh, talk to Jack, who is in Savannah. Hello, Jack. Hey, Mr. Paul. How you doing, sir? You're doing great, thank, thank you, Jack. I, I got a couple of statements. Um, first one is, um, that Jim for Tuscaloosa, he's just a bully, man. And um, I, I sit there and watch every day. He gets on, and 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 if, and if you say anything that he don't like, then he quit. Then he come back. Then he quit. Then he come back. So, Paul, I want to know one thing: is he a, is he kin to you at all? Uh, like, no, no, I, I I am I am not related to Jim, nor have I ever met Jim. Oh, well, well, thank God on both on both of those cows. Cause he, cause he got some issues going on with him, and my second statement is like, I love that little kid Dominic Calls, all right, I really do, but he don't need to do the the Andrew Dice Clay. I'm I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> my age, you know what I mean? Jokes at at the end, you know what I mean? Because he he's good enough just to stand on on, on that alone. I, so 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 Paul, I don't know if you know this other this other little kid. His name is Jeremiah. Fennell, and he's the one that do the interviews. Oh, uh, was, was, he the one at the, was he the one at the Super Bowl? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, saw, I saw something on him today. He's, he's hilarious. Dominic could be that person. You know what I mean? And I think Jeremiah, I think he's 11 years old, all right? Yeah, but, that's, that's but really, correct. Jim really got me going today, man. Like, he just, he just a damn, I'm sorry, Paul. He's okay. just a bully. And, 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 and it irritates me. That he that he he want to put up the front of, of Christ, and 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 he don't 
and he doesn't even act like Christ-like to me. Like I said, I don't know the man. I don't know his heart. But I, all I do can tell what's coming out of his mouth. Paul, you have a great day. Randy, thank you for letting me get on. And y'all be blessed. Thank you very much, uh, Jack. Uh, Randy, thank you. Is that okay with you? Okay, i uh, love to respond to that, but we are bumping up against the end of the hour. We'll recap, reload, and keep going in the final hour right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.